Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. I'm here today at Facebook with Francis Smith. Francis, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. My mom, I now have street cred with my mom. <laughs> I went to Google, my mom was like, mm, I don't really know what that means. She was like, she was like, you're going to the Facebook today? Whoa. Yeah. My grandpa actually, I think, uses Facebook more than any person what? in the entire world. Yes. That's amazing. He is uh, unmatched in commenting on my Facebook. Like uh-huh. every post, there's like a witty comment from Uh-oh. my grandpa. You have to be so that's awesome. About what you post. Yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. I know, right? Everything I post, I'm like, how is grandpa going to respond to this? What my grandpa thinks. Yeah. So um, your career has been amazing so far. I know that you've worked at Vice and, you know, have some really great jobs so far. Um, so tell me about your journey. When did you first know you wanted to be a designer and then some of like maybe your first jobs? For sure. Um, let's see. I originally went to school for film mm-hmm. um, and in the last semester I took a post-production class where we learned Photoshop and my mind just was open to this whole new world, this whole new possibility of, um, you know, digital design and art. Um, and it was too late to switch to um, a graphic design program. So I graduated and um, actually uh, was going to go to law school. Um, wow. And I got in um, to this like intro to law school, like summer program before the law school. And I quickly learned that I was like, no, I can't do this. Um, And I had already been kind of freelancing as a graphic designer on the side since um, after I learned it, I just wanted to keep on learning. And I worked at a few art galleries in Miami. And um, so I decided the law school thing wasn't a good idea. And I quickly learned about Miami Ad School. And I did the art director program there. And um, that's basically where everything started. from there, I interned at Publicis as an art, uh, art director. Um, then I decided I didn't want to be in advertising. Uh, so I got hired by um, a former teacher of mine from Miami Ad School to work at a small agency. And I was hired as a junior art director and I kind of did everything there. It was a really small team, so I learned so much. I was forced to learn was so much. Like design or, yeah. It was everything. It was from strategy, like coming up with the concepts for our campaigns or clients, um, to designing, to like everyday stuff like brochures and PowerPoint presentations. Um, and after a year there, I saw this incredible opportunity to join Vice, and I applied kind of on a whim, like I kind of wasn't expecting to hear back from them. And that was what year? Um, that was like 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So they just started like, like really yeah. like a huge. Uh-huh. Yeah. They kind of like started, cre- they created like a design team. They wanted to expand and grow. So um, I moved from Miami to New York uh, to pursue this job um, as a designer. Um, advice which was also like a dream come true yeah (laughs) it was like my dream company to work for um and it also forced me to learn so much I like learned so much from the people around me um I had incredible um boss and supervisor um who were design fiends like (laughs) they like kind of taught me yeah Yeah, they kind of you know I'm I pay attention to detail and I say that sometimes I have OCD um but they like really push me to to um, be better, to be yeah. a better designer. 
so it was a bit of everything too. Um, I love that job because I wasn't only a designer. They also used my strengths as an art director to be on shoots. Um, also as an illustrator to create editorial pieces, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I got to work on a lot of their Snapchat work too. So it was a lot of silly like gifts and short videos. Um, but yeah, I then was promoted to senior designer um, and exclusively worked with their creative agency. It's like their in-house um, team called Virtue. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of like white label work. So it was like working with bigger brands. Like What's that mean, white label? White label means that you're not going to see Vice on the work. Oh, okay, yeah. So Vice produces it. So it'd be a lot of work with like ABI or um, Airbnb or, um, um, you know, stuff like that, like yeah. big brands. Um, cool. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, and then I saw this opportunity at yeah. Facebook and like I applied to Vice. I applied on a whim and not really that confident I was going to get it. And uh they contacted me like six months after I applied and they're like, are you still interested? And I'm like, yeah, this kind of sounds um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was also a rare opportunity because a lot of people get confused about being a designer at Facebook. We've got a lot of UX based designers, like product designers, um, but I'm more of traditional design in the creative shop. So um, creative shop deals with a lot of stuff I was dealing with, almost white label. So mm-hmm. like we'll be working closely with big brands um, but you won't necessarily know that, like, Facebook worked on it. Right. So, um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. It's been eight months now since wow. I started. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's that's amazing. So, like, for me, I'm kind of at a place. Um, I'm actually right now, like, looking for, for jobs and, like, kind of dealing with that thing of, like, you know, I've worked with some big companies. Like, I've worked with the Hershey Company. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with, you know, um, BuzzFeed and all these different places. Mm-hmm. When you were applying to these places, and this is kind of like what I'm going through, uh-huh. and I know that I don't want to be like selfish, but you know, <laughs> I think that other people can, are, are in the similar situation. Yeah, totally. When you apply to a place like Facebook, uh-huh. do you kind of have like imposter syndrome? Because like you know, I want to I want to work at all these places. I want to work at Facebook, yeah. VaynerMedia, like yeah. Google, and like part of me feels like I'll never consider myself ready. But then, like, how do you know? Do you just do it and say like do you just take your shot and hope that it goes or or did you wait until a certain point before you did it yeah so um that's a great question I think that I think that you just have to have you have to believe in yourself yeah no it's true though um so Facebook actually in their orientation has a whole session about imposter syndrome which is actually really nice like their whole philosophy is being open so of talking about these things that you would feel. And I was happy they were open to talk about it because that's immediately how I felt when I was in this room with people from like these top companies coming to Facebook and having like all these years of experience. Yeah. yeah, I was like really intimidated at first, but you quickly learn. And I think um, this is something you don't know, like starting out that like no one is an expert already. Like our design idols, Paula Cher, like she wasn't an expert. Like no one is an expert at first. I think you kind of just had to grow into that position. Like, I hate the cliche, fake it till you make it, but that's kind of what I did applying here. Like, I applied what I knew I was good at, my strengths, which was digital design, and that's what Facebook and Instagram do. do. Um, And just leveraging, like, your strengths. Like, that's also a big Facebook philosophy. Like, what are you really good at that stands? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And 
people come to me all the time for that. So I'm really good at, um, I would say I'm a minimalist. So when people like do luxury or high end or tech um, work, they come to me because they know I'm going to make it look good. Um, yeah. But like. I'll go with candy. Yeah. <laughs> candy <laughs> well, and bright colors. Yeah, yeah. I love that too. Yeah. Um, or illustration. A lot of people have been coming to me for illustration pieces recently um, because they know that that's my strength. Um, I think that's, yeah, imposter syndrome is something you're going to deal with, even at a not good company. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, you're always going to feel that way. And I would say another thing when you're starting out is just persistence. Like, persistence is key. Like, even if you're not getting, um, even if you're not getting the immediate response that you want from applying to all these big agencies, like, keep applying, keep doing amazing work, do work that is so good they can't ignore. Like, that's basically what I was doing. I was working on these amazing um, projects advice, but I was also doing like side projects and making sure my portfolio was always up to date and- Working um, kind of like round the clock sort yes, of thing, yeah. exactly, like you gotta hustle. Like the hustle is real. <laughs> yeah, I pull it all nighter, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You touched on persistence, and it's funny that you're t- talking about this because I'm kind of in a place now where um, I'm freelancing, but applying for jobs, like, mm-hmm. and being really like, I think that there's, like, a fine line between, like, being, like, annoying the shit out of someone, but also (laughs) being, like, really persistent. Yeah. And I think, though, that, like, persistence done Mm -hmm. the right way will really get you on their radar. Yeah. And I just recently had a conversation with um, James Orsini. He's Mm -hmm. the chief operating officer at VaynerMedia. Mm -hmm. And he gave me some great insight on, you know, because I was saying to him, it's like, you know, I've been applying here and I don't want to annoy people. But where is the line? And one of the insights that he gave me was, is that like, you know, people can be quite egocentric in their thinking and think yes. like, oh, no, I don't want to bother them. Right. But then like when a position is out there, you know, 500 people apply for the position yeah. to a thousand people apply for mm-hmm. the position. Mm-hmm. It's like the people who kind of like bang the symbols and make the noise and really get on people's radar that they're like top of mind. Yes. So it's like be respectful and don't be like, you know, don't be disrespectful. Right. But you have to stay on their radar. Yeah. So for people that are doing that and say, like, I don't want to bother someone, they Uh might be kind of, like, introverted. Yeah. How do you get yourself recognized? And like you said, kind of just be, like, be undeniable, right? Yeah. How do you do that to work at a place like Facebook? Because it definitely takes more than just submitting your resume and just, like, hoping for it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same process that I did at Vice. It's going the extra mile. So once you apply like you kind of don't have any control um sometimes (laughs) um I would say going the extra mile is if they uh, decide to call you like knowing your elevator pitch knowing how to sell yourself knowing um, what the position is already um if you get invited next time (laughs) for another call or another meeting um like here at Facebook um I brought leave behinds, um, showing kind of like, and it wasn't even design related. It was more like personal project I had worked on. And I printed like these mini booklets that I left behind with each of the people that I interviewed with. Um, that's definitely one way to stay top of mind, but that's already if your foot is in the door, um, backing up, I would say, um, follow-ups are important. Um, and not to take the, 
non-response as personal because <laughs> yeah. people That's are huge, yeah. really really busy and they are like you said sometimes going through thousands of applications i think top of mind means sending like organic emails like actually like to the recruiter or um the person uh that is the hiring manager and being like hey um I know you already have my portfolio or resume. I just wanted to touch base with you and show you like this other project I'm working on. Like that's a really great way to stay in touch. Uh, that's what I did for Vice. I like contacted them um, just to see like how everything was. I was like, hey, I haven't heard from you guys in a while, like a yeah. couple of weeks now. And um, but yeah, I just don't do it, like 24 hours yeah, later. yeah. Um, I was like, it, uh, here's a work that I've been working on. Like I want them to know that I'm still. Um, busy and that I'm still working. I think that's another thing that makes applicants attractive, like if they're already working and doing stuff. Yeah. Like you're a freelancer, but you're doing this amazing podcast. Like that's like good for them to know that you're doing like something that's like blossoming on the side. Um, I think that makes you like a really good candidate um, that you should sell to them if you are being um, Considered as a applicant, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's my best advice. It's like don't overkill too. Don't follow up three times in a week. Um, you, patience is key. Um, right. And just like it's a very fine line too, you know. Yeah. It is. I applied to Vice six times yeah. <laughs> before I ever got a a, a call back, and um, in that meantime, I was able to do like awesome work that I could finally like like support what I was selling myself as um so that's my best advice like and don't be discouraged um there's the opportunities are always there there's more now so more than ever um especially since there's so many freelance designers like I think designers are learning that they're um not they don't have to get tied down to a company um so a lot of companies that want full-time are like they're kind of looking for that um, yeah so the opportunity is there. Cool. Yeah. I was having an interesting conversation with a friend recently about um, kind of like doing mock-up work, oh, well-executed yeah. mock-up work, you uh -huh. know, with like with the actual visual identity system and like not like, you know, I'm not talking about like, you know, trying to get a job at Coca-Cola and like redoing the oh, Coke word right. mark, but yeah. like, you know, like taking their existing brand assets mm -hmm. and kind of like putting your own spin and kind of bringing mm -hmm. something fresh and new to that. Mm -hmm. And I've heard from a lot of people that it's like you that that may not be a good decision. I've heard from other people that, that it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. What's your take on all that in terms, you know, like if you wanted to work at Facebook and then you design something that would provide value to the, the Facebook company, would that be a good idea or should people yeah. st stay away from that? Uh, yes and no. Um, so I actually did do that for one of my first interviews. I designed something that was Facebook exclusive, not Facebook as a brand, but using the platform. Right. The fine line, I think, when you're dealing with brands, like big brands like Coca-Cola, is that they're so protective of their identity and, like, they don't want someone to tell them that it could be better right away, especially if you don't work there yet. They might. Yeah. Um, but if you use, like, take a spin on it, like, make it creative. Like, what if you made, like, like um, created, like, digital assets or a digital campaign or created, like, typography that, like, a typography poster or, like, something cool on Instagram they could use um, to support their brand, not, like, redefine it, Using I think. Using existing elements. Yes, yeah, yeah something that complements it. Um, in my example, I used uh, Airbnb, like, I created Airbnb campaign using Facebook Canvas, um, which had just launched when they were hiring me. Um, and they were like, whoa, we don't even, we didn't even know this 
was possible. Like they're like, we don't even, <laughs> we haven't even you're touched hired. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think showing genuine interest too in the places you're applying to is important. Like I was already a fangirl of Vice, so I knew I was familiar with the channels, but you can't like go into an interview or apply to a place without understanding the company that you're you applying to. You almost have to be like, obsessed with it like, when, like, <laughs> when, I into, like, when I go into like VaynerMedia like yeah. there's nothing like I know everything like they're I'm like finishing their sentences kind of thing you know what I mean <laughs> that's important too yeah. um because that will set you apart people sometimes think they're so like good that they don't need to have that extra knowledge but the extra knowledge helps all the time it helps the conversation it helps the interviewer feel like you care uh, about what they're what they're all about so recently you and Michael Chatfield, who, 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 speaking of stalking people, I stalked Michael for a while. What's up, Michael? Um, so Michael founded uh, Creative Strategy Bootcamp, yes. which is an amazing initiative. Yeah. Um, I, was on the, I was on a business trip, so I could not apply to it. <laughs> on the next round, I'm going to apply. I think it's Please really do. great. Um, and the website for that, just so we can give it a plug, is, mm-hmm. is creativestrategybootcamp.com? Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Um, so can you tell me more about that initiative, what that was like? Um, to work on that and what it's like to work with young creatives who want to be strategists and um, what that experience was like kind of the first it's been one go around or two go rounds now it's been one session one um, session yeah okay official officially one session okay so what was that like and what was the most rewarding part of that um you owe me michael (laughs) free press (laughs) free press uh Creative Creative, uh, Strategy Bootcamp is this initiative that Michael started for kind of like this podcast. Like we're trying to like bridge a gap between the industry and people just starting out um, without having to like pay extra to go back to school to learn about it. You know, it's um, all free. Um, It's a four week intense uh, workshop style sessions that kind of just dive into creative strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should also mention Michael's position. That he works with, like, yeah. Yes, Michael's a creative strategist at Google. Um, and he's always, he has a planning background. He's been in the industry for years now. Um, but, and he was originally an instructor at Miami Ad School. Um, so he's always been teaching. That's like a passion of his. And he wants to create something free. Um, so that there is no like barriers like people could just see what this is all about it's a new um position in a lot of companies like vice and buzzfeed um vox uh where creative strategy is like basically coming up with creative ideas um for brands uh for partnerships um they're solving real life problems without having to create a TV ad. It's like, it's a bit more interesting. Um, and the way I got involved was um, I helped uh, Mike uh, launch the website. I created all the illustrations and social media assets. Oh, I love them. They're so great. Oh, thank That's, you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry for not knowing that. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's really cool. Though. I love it. Very, like, raw and real. Yeah. Awesome. We So we were on a, a, a time crunch and low budget. So we kind of just did what we worked with what we had and launched it as soon as we could because that's kind of the philosophy behind it too like an idea is dead if it's just in your brain and you don't create anything out of it so the sessions are very hands-on they're very like if you um, they're they're the purpose is to build a portfolio out of them so we'll give these um mock briefs where they have to come up with a campaign idea um and then we have them we give them the task or the challenge to go out and create it and what was amazing was like all this raw talent that 
never knew this position existed, which which was really exciting to like teach them about it. Um, and seeing how like genuinely genuinely talented they were. Um, we saw such cool work coming out of those workshops um, and like people using that portfolio to apply to jobs. Um, yeah, it was it, it was amazing to work with young creatives too because like this podcast bridging the gap between professionals and starting out like I wish I had that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a big mentoring background too. I mentor with Mape. Um, I did Big Brother and Big Sister of New York. Um, I just think it's important to like once you get to where you want to be, like give back in that way. I think that's so important. So it was really rewarding. Um, just seeing this talent and I'm like so excited at the prospect of seeing them grow and get jobs and right. become these Send amazing you email with like, like, like you know like Rob at Google yeah, yeah totally yeah. yeah that's gonna be the most rewarding part of that but um yeah it's still growing it's uh we're gonna have a few sessions um coming up uh into the new year and um you should apply again <laughs> I'm going to apply again yeah speaking of persistence I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> please cool. very yeah. cool all right, so with all this junior entry-level designer talk, um, you obviously have some kick-ass jobs and are an amazing illustrator now that I've, I've seen that. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so advice for entry-level designers in terms of uh, their book, you know, having things, what constitutes a good portfolio, what sets you apart, what are some of the things, um, do you hire people here or, or not? Yes, I've been a part, totally. So I've had, so I've had to... Um, what's the word, uh, process, like, people who have come in at Facebook or um, the one show I was a guest uh, judge um, for the portfolio round. Yeah. Um, my my key thing is, like, don't make it look like, speaking of mock-ups, like, don't make it look like generic um, or, like, everything else you see out there. Like, add your touch to it. Um, include, like know who you're applying to as well my portfolio that i sent to vice is was completely different from the one i sent to facebook right not only because it grew and i did more projects but i was speaking to a different audience if you're applying to a more digital heavy agency show digital work don't show them print um if you're applying to facebook show them that you know how their platform works show them that you know how instagram stories work um have a variety of work don't have more than six pieces. I'll tell you that honestly, when someone looks at your portfolio, they're not going to spend time looking at 10 pieces of work. They're going to look at what pops out. Um, and like I said, let the work do the talking. <laughs> um, explain, like if you're presenting in a website, which is mandatory these days, I rarely hold an actual portfolio in my hands. Um Give a little background, but not too much. Um, make sure it's like eye-catching, like that when I see a thumbnail for the project, it's what you want me to think of that project. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say include side projects. Side projects are so important. I think that also has been instrumental in me getting noticed at places. Um, like you have this podcast. Um, when I was applying here, I had um, a Tumblr um, where I featured misconnections from craigslist um and i kind of like designed them in a nice way and people thought that was hilarious um i also did like design kids which is kind of like teaching graphic design to like eight-year-olds like eight to ten to eight to twelve-year-olds um and people were really interested in that they're interested in that i wasn't just a designer they i was 
this whole artist. I was this whole creative person. Um, show that you're not just a designer. That's also great. Like show that you're not just a copywriter. Show that you're not just an art director. Um, you're like a human being with other interests. Yes, that's what they're looking for. I mean, that's a diversity they're looking for too. Like diversity in thought and your experiences. Like if you traveled to Barcelona and like you took these amazing photos, like why not share that in a cool and interesting way? Uh, repurpose it. Um, yeah, that's my best advice. That's awesome. Kick-ass advice. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. That's very good. Um, cool. There was something in there you said, that you said. Oh, um, Debbie Millman gave an awesome course for Creative Live where she talked about, like, portfolio advice and, like, getting a job. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, really practical advice. It's, like, the reaction that you're going for mm-hmm. is, like, you want them to be, like, hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. what you want. You don't want them to be, like, they're never going to be as an entry-level designer. They're yeah. probably not going to be, like, wow, this is extraordinary because yeah. they're, like, yes. further along in their career because you're applying yeah. to work with them. But yeah. if you can get them to be, like, wow, yeah. cool. like, oh, shit. <laughs> wait a second, you have a podcast? Like, wait a second, you have yeah. a series? Like, exactly. that kind of... Because I think that, like, great work is mm-hmm. is table stakes, mm-hmm. right? You, you know what I mean? Like, it should. if you're applying for Facebook, like, yeah. being a great designer, I mean, that's, uh-huh. like, you know... The cost of entry. I think yeah. that having something, being a great designer and showing that you have empathy or showing that totally. you have, yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of entry-level graphic designers, because I was one of them, yeah. <laughs> thinks that their work is, like, so baller and kick-ass. I'm like, yeah. this is the most amazing piece of content I ever created. Yeah. I did it on live service. <laughs> yeah. Check out this billboard. Um, so I would just add to that, that yeah. be open to criticism be open to changing it up like if you've been showing the same portfolio to like 10 people and you haven't gotten hired like switch it up a bit like add I always like to say add like the fake work too because you have that advantage like people still see you as a student and entry level so you can do that like make up a campaign make up work say that it's like it's a concept don't say you actually worked with the client like that's important and that's what they teach at, at Miami ad school too like that's our portfolio it's fake um, case studies um, so yeah that's the only thing I want to add awesome yeah. perfect obviously like you've mentored a lot of people mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure that you have probably already like changed the lives of so many people who mentored you along the way I know that you worked at like vice and all these different places um, who comes to mind when you think of a great mentor and what characteristics do they have that set them apart from somebody who's just kind of passively giving you advice um, that was a damn good question. That was a great question. <laughs> <laughs> no notes. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So we were talking about this before we started the in, uh, the podcast, but um, Paula Sher is one of my um, icons, my design idols. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously I can't be ask her to be my mentor, but she's listening. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but what I do and what I did when I didn't have access to that um, mentor is I – stalk them i saw yeah. like how they first started how they became the great designer that they were that really helped seeing that like it's a process it's a journey um my personal mentor right now shout out to g lee he actually works with me on the creative shop um amazing Is designer i've been like meeting to meet him for forever yeah he's so many people talk about him he's kind of like a mystery because he he comes in and out but um <laughs> if for those who don't know g lee does like those amazing like type um, uh, posters that everyone sees like playing with words um, amongst other things but he's really taking me under his w- wing recently and I think what I've learned the most from him and what has taught me a lot is that he has 
confidence in my strengths. So like he's teaching me to leverage them. Like I mentioned earlier, like the illustration, like he, he was the one that saw me doing illustration. I was like, why doesn't anybody know that you do this here? I'm like, ah, oh, no one has ever asked. He's like, you need to put this out there. Yeah. Um, so it's really that extra push that has helped me a lot. Um, advice. It was my, um, it was the design directors that I worked with. Um, they really pushed me as well. Just like pushing the perfection, um, that helped me work harder. Um, and they also like, I think one of the key takeaways from a mentor is that you're forever learning. (laughs) You're forever student. I love that. Like always being curious. Um, YouTube has been a great uh, way to learn, um, like after effects, uh, premiere stuff that I'm not familiar with. I've just taught myself, like, that's what I've, that's what I've taken away from them the most. Like, keep learning, keep pushing yourself. Um, like, you're not safe just because you're here at Facebook yeah. <laughs> type of idea or mentality. Um, like, keep getting better, um, which is important. That's yeah. what I have taken away the most. Um, I've always, like, been curious to know this because it's, like, I'm at a point now where um, I think I'm close but no cigar but who knows maybe cigar one day soon um about you know getting a job at like facebook or getting a job at Mm -hmm. at google Mm -hmm. what is it like when you get have that moment where it's like you you get the call back and it's like all right you have a job like you work at one of the biggest companies in the world now what does that feel like because i feel like if if i could like live vicariously through your (laughs) excitement about it maybe that will like you know Cause I'm like, I'm getting like, I'm coming here. It's like, it's weird to be here. And then it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Like it's a long game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't an easy road to Facebook. So I think when I did get the job, I was, it was surreal. I was kind of in shock. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think that it was like, it was such a trial because I really wanted the job and it was like a three week, it was like two month process. I interviewed with like 12 people. Wow. Um, it, they say it's harder to get into Facebook or Google than it is to Harvard. And I believe that because yeah. <laughs> you are, tr- you are, you need to be on top of your game. You're, you are selling yourself like, the best of you. Um, so when I finally got the job, I was just completely humbled. Um, it didn't seem attainable, but it never does when you're in it. Right. Like yeah. when I look back at the jobs I had, like I was working my ass off I was working um you know 60 plus hour weeks like I didn't have a life outside of those jobs but it all it was this felt like the reward the light at the end of the tunnel it felt like it all culminated to like me being having these extra skills that didn't make me just a good designer um so yeah it felt surreal that's all I can say I still when I meet my orientation buddies we're both like I can't believe we work here like, yeah. did they make a mistake? Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> the imposter syndrome yeah. comes in. It's like, yeah. wait, are they sure? <laughs> did they really make it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody feels like that when they come here because it is an amazing company. I mean, it is so different when you work here from when you just experience Facebook on your phone. Like, the company's philosophy is actually. Yeah, do you not go on? That's my, uh, well, go ahead. But oh, no. I'm just curious. Do you, like, when you're. When you get out of here, do you not want to go on Facebook? <laughs> um, so we Are have. Jaded by Facebook by the end of the I day? am not. I'm actually more sold on Facebook than I ever was in my life, just because I understand their purpose and their mission, mm-hmm. um, and I totally support it and believe in it. Um, 
but we have a work and personal Facebook, so I don't yeah. check my work Facebook. Um, and it hasn't been jaded. It's just opened up so many more opportunities being here, like working with um, this incredibly talented creative shop team. And like speaking of like talented group of people, they have a lot of advertising veterans um, from Olgovine, Sachin, Droga, um, and they're all just like in the same room. And being an advertising background, I'm just awestruck every time I walk into work yeah. <laughs> and I get to participate in like the brainstorming sessions with them. It's it's been such a rewarding experience. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, my last nerdy Facebook question. <laughs> Actually, I have two. Okay. Okay. Um, question number one. Yes. Have you ever met Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> He's like a man of mystery around here. I keep asking um, him. I was like afraid that I would like run into him. I was like, oh, what's so up? So yeah. I, he spoke at one of our uh, conferences. So we have a GMS group that Creative Shop is part of. It's 4,000 people. And he spoke at the conference and did a Q&A. That was the only time I saw him. And I was like just so taken aback because he is so young and like, looks so normal. <laughs> he has the best posture of anyone. He does. He sits like. Like yes, this. <laughs> he does. Yeah, and um, it's a weird observation, but side note: they sell Mark Zuckerberg gray shirts, so you can add to your capsule wardrobe if you want. Um, <laughs> here today, I'll do it. Yeah. No, it's like the side project because oh he only wears he wears the same thing every day um, for a reason. Um, but no, I haven't met him. Yeah, I hope to maybe one day. Cool. <laughs> and then also too, I know that like Facebook has obviously. And these are obviously your personal opinions. Mm-hmm. You're not speaking on behalf of Facebook. Don't sue me. I don't have any money. <laughs> um, you know, Facebook has a lot of really, uh, and I think especially in in the past year or two, the growth and the way in which the company has changed has been exponential. Be it like Facebook watch videos, which I think are going to change the world. You heard it here first. You're all going to be watching Facebook watch channels. Like you're going to be watching Netflix. I think yes. it's really great. Like yes. I've been watching like Ask Gary Vee on that and it's all that really stuff. Cool. Really cool. I love that. Shout out to everyone on Facebook who worked on that. I really yeah. love that. I think yeah. it's great. Um, you know, kind of like the, the text with the background stuff yeah, and yeah. kind of, you know, working for social change and, mm-hmm. you know, combating like fake news and all this different yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, what projects or what initiative from Facebook are you most excited about? Dude, I'm just crushing it today. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, I'm in a good mood. I'm here loving life. Um, what what project are you most excited about? And because um, sometimes I'm, I'm taken back like, you know, Zox is a beast. Like, that's just my yeah. overall feeling about this company. Totally. What are you most excited about? And what do you think has the possibility to kind of change the world? Um, that's a great question. Um, I am really excited about two things they are doing. One is I'm one of them is internet.org, which is trying to bring internet to rural areas in countries where they've never had internet. Um, yeah, I love that. They've already seen like great response from that because it's not like they're trying to set up like modems where people can just surf the internet and like look at Facebook. Like that's not the point at all. It, it's actually being brought into market so that these local um, like markets can communicate with each other and like grow their businesses. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about that. I unfortunately don't get to work on that directly, but just knowing that my that this company is doing that makes me feel excited and like this is the place to be. Tech and health initiatives are always really cool. You see Google doing that too. Um, I think that's like the future. That's like minority report future type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. And Creative Shop. Like I think 
obviously creative shop is um being brought into places like facebook to add that human touch right yeah. like to add um out the out of the box thinking to add the human touch uh francis has been amazing um hopefully one day we could chill outside of facebook and yeah, meet with michael totally. yes um, we have to get michael yes and uh <laughs> hopefully um yeah I don't know what I was going to say, but this is <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. This has been effortless. This has been a really fun oh, podcast. Thank you. Great advice. Thank you. Um, where can people find you online on Instagram and all that kind of stuff? You don't have to if you don't want to, but you know. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> You're like I want it. <laughs> follow me. You're gonna get 16 Fo- new likes today. Follow for follow. <laughs> yeah. um, well, also just thank you for having me um, and you. for starting this project. I think this is so cool. I was uh, talking to Mike about how I wish. I had something like this to reference when yeah. I was out of college because I had no clue. Um, that means the world to hear that from people. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And you can tell you're genuinely passionate about it, so congrats. Thank you. Um, if you are interested in following me on the interwebs, I'm uh, on Instagram at Francis Marina um, or Carolou.com. Um, I actually didn't talk about Carolou. Carolou is my branding studio that I started last summer um for non-for-profits and small businesses and basically it's supposed to give that uh i come from like a luxury uh design background so it's supposed to give that extra pizzazz to like a small business or a non-for-profit that normally wouldn't have the budget um to ask for a branding kit um like that so we take in lieu payments and it's basically a one-time donation to a charity of your choice and i will design a branding kit for you um so You're like the mother Teresa. <laughs> it's i hate when people say like do you believe graphic design can change the world because i'm not sure about that answer yet but this is my best try at it um because what's more important are the businesses that are actually changing the world yeah. um so that's carolou.com um yeah that's awesome and i'll make sure i link up all that stuff Thank you. And uh, also be sure to check out uh, Michael Chats Fields and, and you and you guys all are all doing the uh, creative strategy bootcamp.com. That's a great initiative and it's right in the same vein as Meet the Creative. So go check that out. Um, and I have two more podcasts today, which I'm super excited about. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go check out the rest of the awesome stuff here at Facebook. All right. Peace out. Meet the Creatives. Boom. Raps just made me anxious, and that shit made me crazy. Them squares just made me looser, that wax just made me lazy. And I still make this song, and I'ma make another. If you ever actually hit me, better watch out for my brother. Better bet I'll take that deal. Gotta watch out for my mother. Get a watch with all that glitters. Come in clutters, different colors. Been a baller, been for butler. Chauffeur, hit a stainer. Did I stutter? Did a ton of drugs and did better than all my all my mother. Motherfucking money dance, honey's in. Galilee, make a joke about in those head and piggyback on balance fleet. Balancing on sporadicity and fucking pure joy Nightly searches for our bed and I just came off tour with Troy But I can't complain, I got some motherfucking business How many lap partners have I fucked since I got suspended? 